0: Welcome to The Roll With Adventure, a Dungeons & Dragons 5th edition podcast that transports you through the magic of imagination, from our world to the far-off world of Ebrists, a land full of heroes and villains, the evil and the divine, monsters and miracles, and of course, magic. We are delighted to bring you this adventure from our imagination to your ears. If you like what you hear, please subscribe for further episodes, and follow us on social media. If you want to learn more about us in this podcast, please visit us at RollWithAdventure.com. And now, let's listen as our heroes, Roll with Adventure.
1: Welcome to episode 19 of Roll with Adventure's campaign of Shadows and Bliss. My name is Cass, and I'm the Dungeon Master for this ragtag band of heroes. Today, our journey into this tale of adventure, intrigue, secrets, and magic across the world of Ibris continues. This episode continues in the late morning, approaching midday, of Seclum, the third of Lyonnae in the year 1083 PR, deep within the Darkling Forest, where our heroes have infiltrated Sir Jared's hidden bandit camp, and found that the apothecary here is in fact Gwyneth's lost apprentice, Trent being held prisoner by the bandits. Now, before we dive right in, let's meet our band of heroes. To decide the order of introduction, let's roll player initiative, not character. And remember, here, we roll with adventure. So, how dexterous or not have each of you been this past week?
2: Okay, so this week, I injured my hand four separate times. Hands, both of my hands were injured. Um, At some point, I don't know when, I got a mysterious cut on one finger and and I don't know where it came from. It looked like maybe a little paper cut. Um, Then I definitely sliced my thumb open on some tinfoil. I was lining a pan with tinfoil and as I was kind of curling it over the edge of the pan to hold it in place... I guess I moved my finger in just the wrong way or just the right way to catch the edge of the tin foil and slice it open, so that was unpleasant. And then I was sealing envelopes with a wax seal and the wax was very hot and I got some of the wax on my finger and I burned it and that still hurts. Uh, And then the fourth injury, I was pulling on my pants and I bent my fingernail backwards um, so badly that it continued to sting and throb for the entire day. So I'm going to take a minus two for all of my hand injuries. That was a really long story.
3: In direct contrast to, uh, Allie, I, I did get a cut on my hands, which is not the contrasty part. Um, because we had a knife that was facing the wrong way when I reached into a drawer, Uh, but it was very small cut and I flipped the thing. And then I went on making dinner because I am a champion. Um, and I have not since then cut my hand or uh, or had any problems with my uh, Band-Aid that I had for exactly a day before my finger was all better. So I'm going to take a plus one for just being so good at, at knives.
0: Point of order, but I was totally the one who was making dinner when that happened.
3: Yeah, and I went back to letting you make dinner. That's what I said. <laughs>
0: So then I'm like, wait, what did you cook this week? Am I completely blanking out an entire meal you made? No, went, no, no.
3: I mean, you're also probably the one that put the knife in facing oh, upwards. Oh, so. I
0: absolutely did. Yeah. <laughs>
3: <laughs> I mean, if you're going to take the food credit, you're no. also taking the injury credit.
0: Yeah. As the main unloader of the dishwasher. Yes. I am almost sure that I did. Yep. Um, I guess I'll continue the finger related trauma because why not? I did. I don't know what I did to my finger. I couldn't tell you. I have no clue. But, it, like, my right ring finger has been hurting for two weeks now, and I can't fully bend it. And I don't know what I did to it or why, but, yeah. <laughs> I guess I'll take a negative one for mysterious fingers. Uh,
4: well, my hands are fine. Uh, <laughs> you guys have been pretty rough on them. Um, but uh, my, my face less so uh, less than, like, three hours ago, I went out on the balcony, did not realize the door was closed, and just walked straight into it. So that's going to be just a, a clean negative one for me this week.
1: Let's see what you guys roll.
4: I roll a 17.
0: Guess who got a nat 20? It was me. Why, Why am I getting all my, like, nats on player uh, initiative? Seven. <laughs> I got a five. Right. Now, I am Sasha, and I play Faileth, the half-elven bard who was raised by... And can speak to ghosts. And my Phalith fact this week. That I'm totally not just making up on the top of my head right this second. Because I definitely had a plan for this. And wasn't going to come up with it while other people went first. Is that Faileth's favorite color is magenta. Because it's really good at hiding the bloodstains.
3: Alright then. That's not terrifying at all. Uh, I am Brian. I'm at MindOverRyan on both Twitter and Twitch. Although on Twitch, you spell it with a zero. Somebody had stolen the O one. And uh, I play Melian Barebone, a changeling barbarian who usually looks like a bearded, half-elven young man with a scar running from his upper lip to his ear. But at the moment, he looks like the foreman of this camp. So kind of stocky with a broken nose, if I recall correctly. I mean, know that it's been broken a bunch, not currently broken, knows that'd be weird. Uh, and uh, do I have a secret fact about Melian today? Um, when Melian and Fela first met, uh, Melian had just um, st- stood up after having been stabbed with a pike. And Uh, she asked him, uh, you, you died, didn't you? And he turned around and found this dirty, bedraggled half-elven girl and said, well, I think I did. Does that scare you? And she said, no, my mom's dead. She's still around. So, uh, they became fast friends right after that.
4: My name is David and I play, uh, who is a human scholar. Uh, my fun fact for the day is that, um, he originally had only, when moving into the house that he currently resides in, uh, he would only ever purchased one dog, guard dog, and that was at, at my liege. Peeves uh, just showed up one day um, after he'd let uh, my liege out into the, had escaped into the city and came back with another dog. So he's raised two of them and has never really inquired where the other one came from.
2: I feel like that's going to come up later in some kind of really horrible way. And i it's not really a dog. It's a spy. Or something.
0: (laughs) Don't you bring that bad juju on those sweet puppies?
2: Don't look at me. It's Cass.
0: But you've put the idea in the universe.
2: (sighs) You're right. I'm sorry. I apologize profusely. Cass, you can't make the puppies bad now because otherwise Sasha will think that it's my fault.
1: Well, they're not puppies. Ugh.
0: You know what I mean. Don't do this to me, monster. Don't do this to me. <laughs> I need these dogs.
2: My name is Allie, and I'm playing Quarry Anaclathy, bass, a Goliath paladin. When Quarry was 30, they were awakened in the middle of the night by what they now think was a ghost. Though Truce died many years ago, they believe that she appeared to them and sent them to save the village nearby to the abbey. From a horde of undead.
1: Now that everyone in- has introduced themselves, let's get this adventure rolling. And remember, here, we roll with adventure.
4: I can't say why, but that one reminds me, like, brings to mind a heroic retreat. Uh... I don't know, honestly, Just I'm making
1: them up as I go pl- along. Shh. A heroic retreat might be very apt for this episode. <laughs> Here, within Sir Jared's hidden bandit camp, our party has made a startling surprise. After sneaking in, Melian donning the appearance of a supposed bandit foreman, after revealing his changeling nature to his companions... Jovan disguised in a suit of ill-fitting armor, Quarry tied and captured by Bandit Melian and Bandit Jovan, and Faileth nestled in a bag slung over Quarry with the now-thawed arboreal octopus in her lap. Once inside, our party was directed to the camp apothecary and hospital to be checked for the touch. Upon reporting to the apothecary, Our party has found that the apothecary is none other than Gwyneth's lost apprentice, Trent, clearly a prisoner here. With hope in the young apprentice's eyes, our session will begin. Trent looks at the three of you, five, including Faileth and the octopus in the bag, from beneath the unruly mass of his curly brown hair, with disbelief in his forest green eyes, looking at him. He can't be over 16 with gangly limbs he clearly has not fully grown into. Based on his disheveled appearance and the look in his eyes, you can't help but feel that there is an air of innocence around this young man. One that you hope will not be shattered by the trials ahead. Mistress sent you? You can't be here. If they catch you... Oh, oh gosh. Please, please, please tell me they don't know who you are. He stammers.
4: Well, I... If they did... I think there would be a lot more attention at that door. No, he infiltrated. Well, we don't know how much longer the guys is going to hold. Uh, Perhaps while you two deal with the boy, I will
3: head upstairs and see if I can track down Old Man Marsh.
4: Uh, that sounds fair.
1: Uh, he's up in—he's up in the the prison. Or th- th- a room that they're calling a prison. I've been, I've, I've gone up there before to uh, tend to him and make sure that he's doing okay. Uh, I
4: would I, it be strange I, for you to go now? Um, Do you only come when called, or
1: uh, generally, I, someone has brought me up there? Uh, but actually. You and he points at Melia. I I I didn't know that you were not not working for Jared.
3: Uh, This is a disguise.
4: General who had face before is currently rather permanently asleep on a tent on the surface. We have to work quickly before he's found. My friend here is a master of disguise, unrivaled by any other. Though any information you can provide about the man who he is impersonating would be welcome.
1: One thing I'll note is that Melian is actually wearing the face of a bandit foreman that he met in the camp down here.
3: And that guy is definitely still alive.
4: Oh, I I will retract that. Um, My friend here is a master of disguise. He is impersonating somebody within this camp. Uh, we are hoping not to run into him during our little adventure here. Though if you can provide any information we might make the ruse more convincing. We would be welcome to hear it.
1: Uh, it, 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 it. His name is Ascal. He's, uh... Sometimes people call him the whip or the houndmaster. He he's one of the one one of Jared's lieutenants.
3: Sorry, I, I was writing this down and I accidentally wrote Handmaster and maybe left.
1: You hear a moan come from one side of the room over amongst the beds and uh, Trent looks up, looks over and uh, he uh, makes a motion with his hands for you to be quiet and then he Begins to make his way over to one of the beds. And you see him sort of turn, like, uh, start, like, helping move a person that appears to have been wrapped pretty tightly in some bandages. Or at least the portion, the half of the person that you can see currently. And the person is mm, sort of moaning... And there's also a bit of a sort of a, a, a chitter in the back of that bone. It's, it's okay, Riley. It, it, it's okay. It, it's okay. Be calm. Be calm. It's, it's okay.
3: We are acting on rather a tight schedule.
1: It would be good if... Um, I need to get out of here. Do
4: you, you have any... Oh, sorry. Right, go ahead.
2: If you have anything you need to bring, you should pack it now.
1: Uh, j- just my notes on whatever is going on here. I-, I really should... If I can get back to town, I should... Let the other healers know what's going on in the forest. This is... Horrible.
2: If it can spread to people, that is indeed terrifying.
1: I have five... Right here. They've they've been changed. Touched by something horrible. Uh, And he heads back over to his... Caught... And you see him reach under the uh, under the like loose straw that he has been pulled together for a mattress, and he pulls a small book out uh, that looks like it has a burnt stick uh, coming out the top of it, possibly as a makeshift pen or pencil. And
2: quarry looks at them kind of worried and says how does one become infected?
1: I don't know. I, I, I really don't. Uh, we Mad Dog over there or, uh, I, I think his name is Reynolds. Um, one of his legs one of his legs it, it's completely changed. It's it, it's like a grasshopper's.
2: I think the sooner that we get out of here, the better it will be for all of us. Y- yeah, yeah. Would you like me to carry your
1: notes? Uh, uh, sh- sure. Phyla. If we can
2: <laughs> stick your hand up, grab grab these notes.
0: Okay. Felix's <laughs> little hand pops out of the backpack.
1: For <laughs> I
2: can't see nothing. Does he hand them over?
1: Yes, he hands them over.
2: Okay, great. Thank you. I read them, but I
0: can't do that very well.
4: <laughs> uh, Melian, are you still beat up?
3: No, I drank a healing potion. That's why I meant that. Uh... I met Foran 50 to 50. 50
4: One last thing Marsh They they air take him out of the For any reason?
1: Uh Usually the times That I've seen him Uh He's Come out of The droids Out of Edel Barnes Road uh, He's usually got These Wrist marks And burns uh, and Why do they want him? I'm. I'm sorry. I, I. I don't know. I. They. They jumped me when I was in the woods collecting. I. I'd found. I. I'd been searching for. As you. As you probably know, if. If. If, if Mistress sent you, I. I was out. Uh, looking for some herbs, uh, and to identify uh, the. Uh, uh, state of a. Of a couple different other things. And check in on some stuff. Uh, When I was jumped by uh, some of Jared's men, and first they dragged me back here, and I was forced to just do some menial labor. But uh, after one of them got hurt, and I foolishly helped, vantaged the guy up. I, I've been basically locked in here since.
3: Well, boy, it may please you to know that the paladin has been finishing your chores for you, and she has your bag and book.
1: Really?
2: Indeed, yes, we have your bag, your book, and the herbs you had collected, as well as
1: a few that we have collected ourselves. I'm really glad you were able to find that book. Mistress would have... I don't know what she would have done, she wouldn't up. Probably her husband worked uh, pend it. So, uh... It's loss
2: was not your fault. Y-
1: y- yeah.
2: Uh... But we should go. Do you think that it is possible you could pretend Marsh has developed this sickness and needs to be brought to the infirmary? If you had my friend here, and quarry nods at a uh, million in disguise support your argument?
1: Uh, maybe. But uh, if if Jared or, or Edelbarn saw, I, I, there'd be a lot more questions. The mm-hmm. only signs that I, whenever I've been able to see of the touch is when it's the change has taken really a deep rooted effect, and uh, what I've found is that no one inside the camp is affected. It's only people that are outside and, and a decent chunk of distance away from it.
2: Hmm.
4: Then, perhaps you've made a development. You've found something where it takes root on the inside, and you remember seeing the signs on Old Man Marsh are going now to confirm that what you believe is true, and you will say that you found that it's taken changes have begun inside of him rather than outside of him.
1: Well, so, so long as uh, the Askel, uh takes me in and I, I, I bring my bag with, there shouldn't be too much concern about you know, getting me up, uh, up to Tower Top and over to... Uh, over to the audience chamber
2: perhaps we should wait and see what other opportunities present themselves for our exit
3: paladin friend i offer a contingency plan perhaps where hmm. were i to lay eyes upon old man marsh i might be able to disguise myself in his image and thus provide a distraction while you and the boy make egress with the old man.
4: Do you think you'd be able to disguise yourself with some of this touch? This insectile form? Perhaps. However,
3: uh, the disguise will only need to last long enough that I can engage them in combat, and then I will just imagine faileth in danger, and I will try to elicit
2: the change.
0: Oh, I can put myself in danger! That's easy!
2: Just
4: let me out!
2: Well, I don't think that will be necessary, Failh. We We don't want to start trouble that we don't need to uh deal with if we don't have to. But I'll feel good at it. No one is better, Faileth. Uh... Oh, and well,
3: the I bush. would appreciate it if you did not encourage her.
0: She
2: just um... she truth, Mary, and your feet. I didn't mean it as an encouragement, Melian. I apologize. It
3: is, it is not your talent I am having a problem with. Shall it we make our propensity? way?
1: There is a sure? a loud moan that issues from over by the beds.
3: Yeah, and Catherine and and I see... it's pretty clear that we ignored it.
1: <laughs>
3: <laughs> Sorry, go ahead.
1: <laughs> and you see one of them sort of trying to push themselves up. It looks like it's a woman, or at least you can see the left side of her face is a woman. The right side of her face is fully, completely bandaged, and she's like, her head is, she's looking around and there's, she's just moaning. Uh, Trent sort of looks <coughs> looks at the uh, colburn that he has bubbling in the center of the room, uh, he raises his hand one moment and goes over and pours a cup and slowly lowers the lady back onto the bed, giving her a drink from it.
3: Melian sidles up to uh, Jovan, and in a low voice that hopefully the paladin will not hear, says, perhaps we should put these bandits out of their misery before we leave. Friend, Jovan.
4: Jovan hums, nods. Perhaps something in the stew. Perhaps. Do you carry
3: such things? No,
4: but the paladin currently is Not a conversation I'm eager to have. I suspect the paladin will object. okay We're not here to save bandits from their misery. Let's get to where we need to go. That won't trouble us.
1: After Trent has lowered her back and calmed her down, uh, he quickly gives a small drink to the rest of the rest of the bandaged bandits that are laying around here, seemingly staring at the ceiling, delirious, uh, before he goes over to his desk and pulls a couple things together into a small like, carrying bag and comes and stands in front of you uh, and he puts his hands out as if for you to
4: tie them Uh, do we have any spare manacles kicking around I only usually carry the one set
2: do they normally bind you with rope or with irons
1: normally rope
4: oh rope will be easy then that's no problem whatsoever I don't know why I've been dropping a pitch on this entire time. Right. Um, so I'm going to try to do something that I, similar to what I did with Quarry. Um, We're just making a very... Uh, this is, sorry, ma- making a knot that looks secure, but it just can be slipped and undone.
3: So, out of curiosity, are, are we doubling down on our, our scheme to get upstairs now? So now we have two... With- One's yep. working Corey up to prison, and the other is we're also taking the apprentice yeah, up we're... to check
4: out Old Marsh. That's with the plan. All right. it'll be... Getting up there's going to be a breeze. Getting out's going to be... <laughs> oh, alright. You went up to take a prisoner, and why are you taking the prisoner out, and also Marsh? <laughs> Just... Um... I mean we can we can play it off as both of them have the touch but that's probably going to come with its own complication.
3: Why are there two Martians?
4: <laughs> right. Uh Anyway, I guess, should I should I roll for that or
1: No, that's fine because you're intending for it to be easily broken.
4: Mm-hmm.
1: Uh, no, I I don't need a sleight of hand check for tying the rope. So you guys head out from the this cave out into the open valley. This concealed place. You're coming out uh, a bit behind and over by the mess. Over by the Tables laid out for food and the cordoned off uh, area for the kitchen that has sheets of cloth strung up to obscure it. Here, with the sun slowly moving towards midday, you can see a considerable amount of the camp, though not what is directly on the other side of the large stone, natural stone tower rising in the center of this hidden valley. As you guys are making your way Towards this tower in the center, can I please have... Actually, how are you going to make your way across? What are you guys doing?
3: Uh, nothing out of the ordinary. We're just walking across as if we belong there.
0: I'm riding in a backpack.
4: <laughs> if... Uh... Gilvin could be carrying the spiritual equivalent of a clipboard and a safety vest. Yeah, he would
3: be. Yeah, sorry, Melian will be propelling Trent somewhat cruelly ahead of him. So, I mean, not, um, not for real, but he'll be giving him that poke in the back every time he gets a little too close to sell the story of him being a, both a dick and the foreman. <laughs>
2: I imagine Quarry's in between Melian and Jovan.
4: And Jovan will be keeping an eye out for the actual foreman and trying to figure out how he's going to warn um, Melian if he sees it.
1: Okay, can I have a perception check from Jovan? No,
2: (sighs) no.
4: Okay, Um, so that's a 12. Uh, Minus one for 11, but I'm going to burn, I think, two trick points for a pair of d4s here. Give me a moment. Four. That's a one. So that's going to be a sixteen.
1: The camp mills busily around you. As they've come to around midday, a considerable amount of people have either lined up to get food or are sitting down, uh, meaning that they're a bit away from their tents and also not near the central spire. You make your way. Uh, you do note that you do see the real Ascal over getting food I Joven you saw his face as he was turning talking to someone but it doesn't look like he's noticed your party nor has anyone taken real note as Melian Ascal drives Trent forward and you reach the bottom of this tower
3: of the ladder, punk.
1: (laughs) I have a
2: quick question. Um, I seem to remember last session faileth giving bardic inspiration to... Uh,
0: To Joven, yes. But that wears off in ten minutes?
2: I think it's after ten minutes. Never mind. Yeah, it's definitely gone. Never mind. Thanks.
4: Joven will will sidle up to Eskel. If anyone's uh, asking, or just so you know, uh, your doppelganger is out getting food in the mess. I'll indicate the general area. Ah, excellent. Thank you, friend, the old And then, uh, he'll retreat back to the back of the line. So
1: you begin to make your way, climbing up these ladders, going up ramps, until you come to the top of a t- of this tower of natural stone in the center of the commons. The top of it is a 20 by 30 foot elliptical circle dominated by a massive stack of wood in the shape of what would be used for a bonfire, created for what you know as an unknown purpose. Looking down, the height is dizzying, at least 100 if not 150 feet above the floor of this valley below. Though, looking out, one can see over the cliff in front, all the way across the forest to the city of Dwemer Hollow in the distance. Across from you, you can see that the tower extends into a stone bridge that meets with a cavernous opening on the side
4: of the mountain.
3: Well, there's no way this could go wrong, right? Let's just go straight into that cavernous opening. I'm sure, it'll be fine.
2: It's going to be great. That's Better probably assume. where the ice cream parlor is. Oh, definitely.
4: I haven't seen a whole lot of cavernous openings in my time, but that one looks pretty friendly.
1: <laughs> the bridge between Tower Top and this opening is 20 feet wide and 50 feet long. Are you guys talking as you walk across this? Or are you doing this in complete and utter silence? What are you doing? Mike?
3: Melly and Escal will mutter imprecations at the, the boy in front of them for moving too slow. Ready for dinner, boy. Hurry it up
2: course, probably just trying to not draw any more attention to themselves than they are just by
1: being who they are. Okay. Uh, can I have a perception check from Kawari and Joven? Uh,
4: 13, so 12.
2: Um, that is a 14.
1: The wind is whistling. You don't notice mm-hmm. anything. Transitioning from the rock bridge, you come into a large stone chamber, lit by multiple gold and silver candelabras. The divide between the rock bridge and the audience chamber is a bit slick, possibly from the elements, but you are able to keep your footing as you descend a few steps down into this area. You note cushioned seats are scattered about with crates and chests for footrests, and in the center is a large table. Three small hallways appear, or caves appear to come off of this room.
4: Jovan looks to the apprentice for cues as to which direction to go.
1: Trent's eyes are flickering between them as he's going, uh, oh, that, that, that. he's pointing and then he points at the other and they go, oh, oh no, oh no. This is why I always have to write everything down. I'm sorry, I don't remember which one. Oh. <sighs>
3: Yovan, Friend yes. you take uh, the boy down that tunnel, I will assume his form and go down the other. But who will be escorting you? No one. I will escort myself. If
4: I see them, I will run and resume this form. Alright. Trent, is that normal for you to be traveling this way alone? If you were directed to do so?
1: No. they They never let me out of their sight, especially if I'm seeing to Marsh. Usually there's one of them in the room with me.
2: Also don't know that it would be credible for one bandit to have charge of two prisoners.
3: I think in this instance, haste is more important than stealth. We need to find the man and get out. Uh, The longer every minute we are here pushes our luck further.
2: Then... Perhaps if you at least keep the guise of this bandit, Askel, will not raise too much suspicion.
3: Except your to your point that there is it is li- unlikely that one bandit would be trusted with two prisoners.
2: If you wish to split up, I see no way around that.
4: Indeed. At the very least, if you stay as Askel, you can take Quarry, and I can take the boy. Or perhaps... <laughs> the other way around. Now that I A very I like his condescending abilities. look crosses <laughs> Melian's face, uh,
3: and he says, per- "Perhaps best not to split the
4: fighters <laughs> away from the rest of the party." Uh, Jovan's expression is completely hidden behind the the helmet, but it's just um, that would be wise.
1: I think it's that way, and he points at one of them. I'm pretty sure it's down that path.
3: Alright, but I am familiar with the vagaries of fate. I will accompany him. Uh,
4: friend you take
3: uh, our friend
4: Cor. Corey. One last question. The other should brain. one of us find the way to go and the other not, how should the one who is not be alerted to that? Simply whistle like this. Right. Fair enough.
1: You hear a chirp. Come from inside the backpack, Quarry's <laughs> back, trying to emulate that.
4: Aww. All right, but it uh... just—it doesn't
1: stop. It keeps doing it. <laughs>
4: <laughs> oh no!
0: Oh, little squeaker, quiet now. Let me tickle your little tentacles again.
1: He relaxes and calms down. He sort of melts into you.
4: Uh, You know, that's not as comforting when it's about, you know, the acidic octopus. Anything (laughs) mugging of anything else. (laughs) It's an acid, full. yeah. It's a little
3: bag full of acid. With a brain, sort of.
4: Right. Um, Jovan will nod at Corey, um, take a hold of the manacles, and uh, move off in the direction that, opposite what Trent indicated.
1: Which group would like to start?
3: I mean, we're idiots for splitting the party either way, so I don't think it matters.
1: <laughs> well, let's actually keep because you guys are still up near the like, oh, op- near the opening of the audience chamber. Let's keep you guys together as you go in into the middle of it, at least. Oh, that's <laughs> ominous. Something
2: about to happen.
1: Well, so as you get closer to the middle, you do note that there are papers strewn across the table in the center.
4: Hmm.
3: Uh, Melian roundly ignores the paper because he knows that they need to get the guy and get out and do that quickly or they're definitely going to get caught and there's like 50 bandits downstairs and they'll die.
4: I mean, everyone else will die. Jovan will glance over them and scoop a handful of any that look interesting to browse upon as they go down the hallway.
1: Uh, It looks like maps of the Dwemerlands and a map of Dwemer Hollow.
4: Any with any markings on them?
1: Quite a few. That, it almost looks a... like battle plans.
4: Oh yeah. Jovan's gonna scoop a pile of those, put it into Cory's bag, and then scoop another to be glance over as they go down.
1: One group's going to the left and one group's going to the right.
4: I'm yeah. leaving um Trent and Melian to go down the path that Trent's more confident about, since Melian is better equipped to get there, get Martian and then get out than Joven and Quarry would be.
3: I'm gonna roll a d6, and then if it's odds, uh, we'll let Jovan and Corey go first. If it's even, we'll go first. Sounds good. I rolled a three.
4: Oh, I've already I forgot forgotten who is what That
3: means.
1: But, <laughs> that, I was that thinking means, that as you said that.
3: <laughs> oh boy, that means Quarry uh, and Yovan go first. Okay. Fair enough.
1: Okay.
2: Yovan, those papers—they look significant.
4: Hey, there's a handful in your bag.
2: Um, it occurs to me that as we are looking anyway, if the first room we come to is not Marsh's, perhaps we may find other such interesting clues that we could pocket prior to our escape.
4: Hey, I think that would be wise.
2: Especially if there is going to be some uprising against the, uh... The royalty or the nobility, I'm sure Lord Buchanan will be interested in what we find.
4: Assuming, and though I hate to say it, it might buy us some credence with the guards after we walked off in the woods with them and left their corpses behind.
2: Indeed, and if this is going to overturn the City Council, such information may also garner their goodwill, which would be essential in our desire to have the guards separated from Quent's new weapons.
4: right well, let's keep an eye out. And uh, make our way as quickly as we can. I'd like not to be split from the others for too long.
1: I agree. So you come down a hallway that or a cave uh, that seems to wrap possibly it it seems to turn a bit. you come to a door. A door that is quite strange to see in a historically druidic location. A sturdy iron door. Covering the end of this tunnel that appears to have been a recent construction. Recent, at least in the past months or years.
2: What do you do? This looks like it might be the kind of door for a prison cell.
4: In hindsight, we might have asked Trent what exactly the... Uh, looked like, but yes. is going to go and push open the door as confidently as he can.
1: You pull the door open and the smell of some herbs hits you. The room in front of you is bare save for a single chair bolted to the floor in the center of it. Along the walls are various niches and countertops that look to have many different items. This is, seems to be likely the room that
2: they would bring Marsh to.
4: The smell of herbs. Your dream indicated that we would not be seeing the druid today, yes?
2: Yes, that's correct. Do you think we have a moment to have a quick look at, uh, whether there's anything worth mm,
1: taking from these shelves?
4: Uh, Cass... Um, there's no more exits to this room, it's just the one, correct?
1: There might be a... It looks like there might be a door at the other side of this room. But you can't really tell from here.
4: Eovan's going to try to wedge something in the door so it doesn't close all the way. Or actually, can he just inspect... Is it going to... Is it lockable from the inside or the out? There's no lock. Okay, okay.
1: Corey would,
2: um, go and take a quick glance across the shelves...
1: Okay, so once you guys are inside the room, uh, you note that the metal chair is bolted into the floor in the center of the room with an intricate and ever-increasingly complex symbol that is drawn around it that gets more and more complex the farther out it goes until it is encapsulated in a circle.
2: Does it look similar to the markings that we found at the sites of the disappear the missing children?
1: You do note some similar symbols. Ones that Jovan give me a history check. Yep.
4: No oh, hey. Twenty-two.
1: You can identify them as they're definitely the same type of illfair and draconic that you right. That you saw in relation to a certain book that you know and the notations on the symbols when you spoke to the appraiser. Though this looks considerably more complex, but it's also not a city spanning symbol.
4: Yeah.
2: Jovan. This seems to lend credence to our suspicion that there is a connection between Quent and the missing children. Do you think it would be worth us copying this symbol down?
4: Cass, how long would that take?
1: Oh, that would take quite a while. This is really big. Like it, It covers a decent chunk of the room, and it's very intricate. We're talking hours, probably.
4: I'm flattered, Faladon, but. Perhaps I can make a rough approximation. Um, would I be able to cast, would I be able to just, like, note down important, like, important seeming symbols and their locations and sort of, like, a rough. Sure. N- not trying to. Yeah.
1: Are you guys gonna let Falith out of the bag?
4: No, she's safer there. <laughs> <laughs> oh,
0: sweet little octopus friend. Um, um I love you so i
2: <laughs> sh- Melian really should not have gone off on his own because this whole like covert rapid uh assault operation kind of thing is not quarries uh
4: Joven is considering ways to convince um Faelith to stay in the bag more often, uh, not having <laughs> to worry about where they've run off to is just a huge weight off his shoulders
1: faileth. You could poke your head yeah. out of the bag, though. Uh, you can hear what sounds like someone almost singing softly.
0: Faith absolutely sings back.
1: The melody Here changes.
0: You go, octopus go, and we'll all go together.
1: <laughs> and you hear a voice say.
4: When Faileth begins singing, uh says is, is there something you're hoping to say? Give us a moment, we'll close the doors. And he goes and does exactly that.
2: Quarry is inspecting the shelves.
0: Oh octopus boy. The pipes, the pipes are calling.
2: <sighs> From tree
4: to tree
0: and up the mountain site.
4: You alright now, Failith.
1: It's been a very long time. A very long time. Since what? Since someone could speak to me.
0: Is this you, tentacle buddy?
1: The octopus is, like, looking around. And then you hear this female voice again. Oh no. I am not the poor creature.
0: Oh, you're a ghost. Why can't I see you? Is it because I'm in this bag and you're not? (laughs) Yes. Yeah, that makes more sense. I'd ask the others if they could see you, but I know they can't, so... Hello! I thought all the ghosts here were crazy!
1: Oh, this is hallowed ground. Or at least... My chamber beyond this is hallowed ground.
0: Excellent. So we should go there then, huh? Oh, do you know what it is my mother doesn't want me to know? Are you the ghost who's going to tell me the truth of my past?
1: No. No, little dust walker. I do not know your past.
0: Oh, well, why do you call me that? I don't like that very much.
1: How sheltered you have been. Protected by your guardian to none you truly do not know.
0: Ah, uh, no. And I had a really weird dream about
1: dust, so... Your search for answers will take you far and wide across the great mother and her twins. Child of dust. In life, I was Selana, the leader of the druids of the Darkling Forest, and did commune. Broken elements even now they cry out for release and in their cries you can glean answers answers to your questions some
0: even lie close by Who are there? Where should I go to get them?
1: My sanctuary. But it is right. sealed. Okay, how do I open it? You simply place your hand upon the door. Oh, that's easy. And if you are worthy, it will open.
0: Oh, that may be harder. Well, where is this door? If I pop out of the bag, will it be in this room?
1: Yes.
0: Oh. Alright, does it have a special look to it? Or is it just any
1: old door? You will know it by the mark upon it. And the voice sort of fades away. Okay
0: then. Uh, Faelith pops out of the bag. Hey guys, I'll be right back. And she starts looking at the doors.
1: Okay, so as Fair. Faelith is inspecting the room, I will give a quick rundown of the things that you... See on one of the like uh, walls that are uh, on the shelf. Okay. You see some charcoal, some incense, various different herbs, a brass brazier. You see three ruby vials, a bowl containing six amethyst spheres, a jar that contains what looks like snake tongues. Another jar that contains honeycomb, but it's floating in a sort of black liquid. A vial of what looks like oil. A bowl that's just containing the shells of nuts. A jar filled with, it looks like, eyes that have maybe been desiccated or petrified?
2: But
1: they're really small. Like frogs or newts. A silver cup, but it looks like it's for drinking, that is filled with water, Uh, a bag filled with black salt, thirteen black candles, a skull, a femur, and a right hand that all have been inscribed with various sigils, and a small bag that uh, weighs a decent amount.
2: Uh, Some of these items are strange, like the black candles and the uh, bones that have inscriptions on them. Do I know anything about the significance of them?
1: Give me an Arcana check.
2: Ooh, that is a... Oh, I have a minus one. Dang, that's an 18. Now give me a religion check.
1: Twelve. You have at some point or the other heard Stefan talk about... uh, some of the trappings of a ne- of a nor- of a necromancer mm-hmm. and these sound familiar but they mm-hmm. don't line up perfectly with what you're thinking and the symbols that are carved onto these bones they they don't look draconic they don't look like any language you know of actually and sort of looking at them almost Makes your head hurt a bit. Like they swim in front of your eyes.
2: Don't like these things at all. I think that we need to destroy them.
4: Corey, I don't mean to second guess your judgment, but we are on a tight schedule, and Faelith has gotten loose.
2: Yes,
0: yes. I'm not loose. I'm just out,
2: and I'm doing a thing. So do whatever you want. I'll be right back. How big is the brazier?
1: Uh, it's a small brass brazier.
2: Can I, how long would it take me to light a
1: fire in it? Probably not super long. Uh, you have a tinder box. You could use some of the charcoal that's in the room.
2: Yes. Keep an eye on Feylith. I'll, I'll just—I'll be a minute. I, I think these are necromancy-related, and I can't just leave them to be used.
4: Do what you must. Um, Yoven's Yoven. going to take a moment and going to see if he can slip something in to bar the door from the inside. Maybe one of the inscribed femurs or something in store handles. <laughs> Just to buy them a moment. Um, if anyone tries to barge in and ask difficult questions.
1: So, while Yoven is doing that, Faileth, there are two things on the walls that catch your attention. There is a Okay. A white orb. Ooh. That is set into the wall on one side. And then on another side of the room there is a like a handprint inside a paw print.
0: Interesting. Should I do like an insight check or something to see which one is calling to me since she said I would know it? Sure that's a 13
1: that is if your plus... are actually open this door
0: oh a negative one that's a 12.
1: you honestly have no idea which one both of them look cool are you worthy the paw print one it's like a it's like a normal person size hand inside a larger paw print actually really reminiscent of the paw print like melian's paw print <sighs>
0: Oh, there must be my hand then. It's like me from the future. left clues. And I go and put my hand on the little handprint.
1: You see this sort of like... flare of... like brownish... orangish energy that sort of dances up the walls and scintillates across. But nothing happens.
0: I'm not worthy. Uh, I go over to mess with the orb.
1: So you touch... Tell me what you're doing with the orb. It's like embedded I'm in the wall. Gonna... It, if you touch it, you can like... Think of it like a magic eight ball that is like stuck in a thing that you could sp- spin. Like it, Oh,
0: she's definitely going to spin it.
1: As you touch it and sort of spin it, it begins to glow faintly. And as it glows a little brighter, the center of it blossoms with a crimson dot that is swiftly surrounded by what appears to be a glacial blue light that tapers into the white edges, as if the sphere in front of you has become a frigidly blue eye with a burning red pupil. And you feel as if a presence, perhaps close by, Perhaps distant is drawn towards you, fixating upon you, and you hear in your mind, "I see you." Yes, yeah, hello. <laughs> and the orb goes dark.
0: Hey, come back! I'm supposed to go in the room. I kick the door.
1: What door are you kicking?
0: Isn't aren't there doors attached to these objects that I'm messing around with? no oh I don't know I don't know why I thought they were doors anyway I kick the wall underneath the orb
2: I think you're looking for a door but I feel like if you're able to open it the wall will become a door that's
0: my theory I am so worthy you stupid eye I turn and look at Quarry I had a feeling I might not be worthy
2: worthy for what?
0: to go in the door
2: who judges the worth?
0: I don't know. The ghost, I guess. There's a ghost? I hadn't seen her, though, because I was in the bag. But she told me that I should open the door, and then I could be in her sanctuary, and I could help her. But I tried both of the weird symbols, and neither of them did nothing. She said it had to be worthy. And While I am very offended, I'm not that surprised. Uh
2: Well, I could try to help you in a moment, but first I must... Oh, you light fires!
0: Uh... Oh yeah, I can set stuff on fire for you, definitely. What you want to burn? Let's just burn the whole room. Maybe then the door will appear. Uh, and I
2: no no
1: no no Phalet the brazier the brazier the brazier please.
0: Ah, fine. I like the brazier.
1: As you prestigitate and light the brazier, and Kawari drops whenever the first item is in. There's a sort of a glow that comes from over by the handprint in the paw print, and you see a woman's face briefly form, ethereal, uh, her hair flowing around it. And she looks towards you and says, That which perverts this place is coming.
0: I couldn't open you, your you door, must... I'm sorry.
1: I thought that I sensed that you could. Perhaps it is another. Someone hey, else Quarry, you want to
0: touch these things? Maybe you're worthy.
1: You're in danger.
0: Oh, and danger's coming.
2: Uh, we should... We should leave, then.
0: There's some perverted people coming.
2: Uh, Quarry throws the things that they think look necromantic into the brazier, stands up and says to Jovan, Let's go. Uh, qu- uh, Faileth into the bag. Oh really? Fine.
1: Uh, So which things did you think looked necromantic?
2: Uh, the black candles and the bones, and... Yeah, I think that's it. I don't really know. I did the check, but I wasn't sure which things
1: I thought might have been connected to things Stephen had (laughs) said. Uh, Did you grab anything else? Are you taking anything from this room?
2: Of course, not really much of a... Even there's, yeah, and there's not anything that looks like there's information about what's going on. Like, obviously, the red vials and the amethyst spheres—really interesting—and definitely wants to put them in Quarry's bag. But I don't know that Quarry would actually take them.
4: I think there's some information to be found in the amethyst spheres. Like, what will we be eating a week from now?
2: <laughs> well, I mean, if Yovan wants to—I mean, oh, Joven has
4: been looking at the doors. Uh, he. F- between Falith messing with magical stuff and you burning, probably, like, magical reagents, his, like, if he's not looking at it, it's not his fault. So he's been focused entirely on the door.
2: I mean, this person's obviously a necromancer and a torturer, so what the hell. I'll, I'll take the, uh, the vials and
4: the spheres. Is there anything that Joven can look through on the door without opening the door?
2: I will also take the incense, because I need it.
4: No, uh, there, are,
1: it, it's just an Straight iron door.
4: Uh, Phelith, you mentioned something about another door out of here. I, Corey, go touch the weird stuff. Um,
2: uh, what... Corey will go touch the first one that Feylith mentions—the hand in the hand. Nothing happens. All right,
1: I touch the orb. As Quarry touches the orb, this time the entire room begins to grow cold, plummeting in temperature, as tendrils of frost grow out of the wall from around the eye, and you hear echoing in your mind. I had thought that you would be entertaining instead. I see that you are not intelligent enough to warrant my curiosity, Adelbarin. They have infiltrated your sanctum. Detain
2: them. Oh, we need to get out of here immediately. The uh, the the cold um, bad guy, knows where we are, and he has notified uh, that that Adelbarin person to come and get us. They, he knows exactly where we are. We have to get out of here.
4: Fail it in the bag.
0: Sorry, ghost lady you should have been more specific I crawl into the bag.
4: This it's... is very, very bad. Joven will quickly throw the shackles back onto uh Cory and then march out the iron doors with as much authority as possible.
1: Okay, and with that we'll flip over to Trent and Melian.
3: Da 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 da, da, da.
2: Man, Faelic does have an uncanny knack for getting into trouble.
0: Hey, this one was entirely DM-sponsored. I was happily just singing to my octopus in a backpack.
2: (laughs) Oh, I don't blame Sasha at all. (laughs) Oh, I know!
0: I'm just amused that usually I go looking for the trouble, but this time I was handed in a silver platter, and I'm never going to say no to that.
1: (laughs) So, switching over to Melian... As you and Trent brush past the table in the central audience chamber, you head to the left, heading down a passageway. The natural cavern passageway that sort of tilts down a bit. And after a few, after maybe about 30 seconds of walking, you come to an iron door set into the rock that appears to be of a newer construction.
3: Well, Trent, is this as you recall it?
1: Uh, uh may- maybe not. Uh, I, uh.
3: You are useless, boy. And then I open the door. <laughs> God, Million has not possessed of any kind of prudence.
1: You open the door to a rather lavish room. If it weren't For the cave rock ceiling above it, you might even mistake this room as being in a castle, decorated with expensive rugs, a large wardrobe, an armoire, what appears to be a four-poster bed with a chest at the end of it, and a desk. Even hanging above the desk is a painting of a beautiful young woman sitting in a regal chair. There does not appear to be an occupant to this room.
3: Are there any other doors?
1: There is a door that does go off this room on the right hand side.
3: Well, boy, it seems un seems you were correct. Unlikely that a cell up-, up joins this room. Let us head back towards the central chamber and head down the central
1: hallway. This look dawns on his face, and he looks at you and goes, You wouldn't happen to have the key to Marsha's cell, would you?
3: No. There is a key?
1: Uh, yeah, there, there is, a, there is a key to it. Oh, why did I forget that? Oh, I'm, I'm such... So, so scatterbrained. I, I've never done anything like this before. Uh,
3: well, we will cross that bridge when we get to it. Come.
1: The, uh, I, this probably is Jared's room. Maybe he has an extra key.
3: We do not have the time to search it. Unless you have some suspicion where he might hide a key. We must make haste to find Old Man Marsh.
1: Uh, oh, okay, okay. Uh, and the two of you turn around. And you head back, and you head down a hallway, the remaining hallway. And this one, you go for a decent ways a bit longer than when heading towards Sir Jared's room. And you come to an iron door that is set into the rock. And there's a distinctive
3: keyhole on it. Oh, you meant that the key was to the actual room in which Old Man Marsh is kept? Yeah. Well, this is inconvenient at best. How... What, what kind? What does how what does the lock look like?
1: It looks like it's a lock that's built into the door.
3: Yeah, like but like a fancy. Like I guess, give me a sense of how big the key would be. Are we talking like a regular? I mean, we're obviously not talking like a house key, like a modern. We're talking
1: key. like a skeleton key.
3: Right, but what so we... so give me an idea of thickness. Like, are we talking like a iron rod that is like you know like a like a dowel? Type size.
1: Uh, so probably talk... smaller. Probably smaller.
3: So it's pretty finely wrought, is what you're saying. Yeah. Cool. That should make this easier to break. Um, what kind of tools do I have? <laughs> what <laughs> it's it's worth I if
4: is really good at picking locks? <laughs> and you're going to give us a shot when you found it, right?
3: That's that's fair. And I, since I know you didn't, and we did. Uh, I will give the whistle.
1: You guys have probably made it back to the audience chamber when you hear that whistle.
0: Little tentacle friend, is that you?
2: Can you do ventriloquism now? I think it's Melian. Let us go in the direction
1: that he went.
4: Hey. <laughs> you, 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 you guys...
1: Can you give me a perception check?
3: Uh, Forks. Oh, you guys gosh.
1: head in the direction of Sir Jarrett's room. Fantastic.
3: I was like, of course, of course they will.
2: <laughs> Perhaps um, he's already inside. We should check the doors.
4: <laughs>
2: okay. My perception's so good. Probably think it's coming from in there. I think I heard it behind this door.
3: (laughs) Meanwhile, Melian, with his intelligence of eight, is like...
4: (whistles) 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 Just over and over again. Would we hear it get fainter as we come down this way? Oh, no. No, With those perception rolls, we wouldn't.
1: No, not with those perception rolls. With these perception rolls, you get into Sir Jared's room and the doors close behind you before you even realize Melian's not in this room. Guys, is he in
2: there? I could have swore I heard it come from here.
4: Me as well.
1: Is there another door? Uh, uh somewhere behind a curtain, or uh, there is a door off this room, off to one side. Uh, what I I will re-describe this room, noting that there that it is very lavishly decorated, even more lavishly decorated than the audience chamber out there. And there's a large wardrobe, an armoire, a four-poster bed, a chest at the end of the bed. Uh, and a desk.
2: As Quarry passes through, they're going to look for any papers on the desk that they can just scoop into their bag like they saw Yovin do with the table outside.
1: Uh, You see what looks like writing supplies for letters, but you do not see any letters out in the open.
3: Uh, Meanwhile, since no one shows up to help him, Melian's like well fuck it and he jams a javelin into the lock and starts br- peeling the metal back uh, with his strength uh, so like essentially widening the hook, the keyhole
1: okay can you give me an attack
3: ooh an attack uh, yes I can a 17
1: slamming the point in you try to peel the metal back but you can't get enough leverage behind it on this try.
3: I feel like you didn't understand what I was saying I wanted to do, because I'm not just stabbing the door. Uh, the idea is, essentially, I want to get the point of the weapon underneath the metal and then peel it back. like So it's essentially like a pry motion rather than a. And I mean, the, the point of the blade shouldn't have a hard time getting in there.
2: How big is the keyhole?
1: Quite small. Generally, so I'm basically I'm using the door as an object with an AC and a certain amount of hit points.
3: Sure. Okay, but I, I mean, all right. I Is guess the issue me the description me
1: explain. or the effectiveness. The effectiveness, not the description. That's so. Basically, the attack roll did not meet the threshold to cause damage to this door. Okay. In the other room. You guys throw open a door Uh that goes to a much closet. smaller tunnel.
2: Oh. There's nothing in here. I feel like Trent would have mentioned if the cells were down some hidden tunnel. Plus
0: we could hear him whistling, so he can't be so far away that we'd have to like open doors and go down tunnels and stuff.
2: That makes a lot of sense, Faelith. I think you're right. This can't be the right direction.
0: Definitely not if he's not in
2: here. Where are you down there? Shh, Felith. We don't know who is down there.
4: I'll trust your instincts, Cory. we will follow.
2: This room seems to be the leader of, uh the bandits. It's a very rich room. You don't suppose that there's any important papers that we could uh, take away with us?
4: Melon is that he we the time saying He for.
0: needs our help right now.
2: I'm getting out of the bag. If you don't, go find Melon Yes, yes, we-, we, we, we I'm we, with Faileth
4: we... on this one. We need to move. Alright. could be
2: hurt and We're going right now. Let's go. Well, I mean, he's just found Marsh. That's what the whistle's for.
4: We may soon come under attack. You mentioned that the darkness creature had found us. We cannot yes. be rooting around in a room Alright And Faleth you have to get quiet right. We ne- <gasps> Um.
1: Melian back over on your side Can you give me another attack against the door Sure
4: An
3: 8
1: This time again the metal does not yield Quarry, Faileth and Joven Back in your room What are you guys doing
2: guess we are headed out.
4: Heading back to the main room.
2: There's a chest at the
0: end of
4: the mm, We're not paying attention to the chest. <laughs> You'll be I mean, you of might not be.
0: I'm gonna get out of this bag if we don't
1: do. it.
2: I'm, I'm imagining it like a a bit of a swooping motion to flip the lid up as I go past and if there's anything in it that I can grab on my way out, I will, but I won't pause
1: for it flipping it open you see quite a bit of various coinage some gems and a couple different what look like maybe some potions uh, a weird cylindrical case what looks like a horseshoe is that it
2: yeah i will grab this cylinder because i've seen scrolls like that in the uh, abbey library and then i will i will continue on my way out the door without pausing
1: you guys are heading back to the main you can hear a sort of like a a chinking sound and as you come around the corner and head down you see melian uh leaning in front of a door with a the point of his javelin in it trying to for better words brute pick the lock with brute force Melian, can you give me a a one last attack as the group is arriving? An eleven. You peel a bit more of the metal back, but you have not gotten enough to be able to get at the inner workings. You are all reunited.
2: Well done, Melian. You've found what we were looking for.
4: We may have some attention coming. Be aware. Uh, Is the door locked? Beep. Let me see if I can do something about that. We're doing this at a disadvantage because of the armor, right? Um. Yes. Take off my gauntlets and uh, attempt to pick the door. Okay. Um. Ah. Rip. Okay. So t- <laughs> that's fine. So first one was an eighteen, second one was an eleven. Uh, but I get a plus seven, so that would be uh, eighteen. Any luck. You are able to pop the door open. This one's particularly deep. I'm glad you're able to pry some of the metal back. I don't think you'd have been able to get to some of the back pins if you had not. Right. who cares to be the first in the door
0: not me I'm in a backpack <laughs> I'll go when quarry goes
3: Melian gives Trent a regretful look and then a, a, a soft poke it wouldn't make any sense boy for us to perceive you
1: uh, 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 t- t- true uh, and Trent goes in
3: but I'll be right behind him.
1: Oh, Trent, my boy. I see you're here. Are you here to check up on me? I haven't been into the bathroom lately. A wizened old man uh, with extremely long braided graying auburn hair uh, and like storm gray eyes is sitting on the side of a bed Uh, His clothes look like they are quite well-worn. Clothes that probably he was perhaps out working in the orchards uh, when he was originally taken. Or that just were comforting for him if he had been in bed rest. He sort of teeters back and forth, kicking his legs, which you can clearly see are shackled. And he looks at... Trent and Trent goes uh, they'll explain and and he just turns to you old man Marsh looks looks at Ascal and goes well Ascal are you here to bring me lunch or to take me somewhere
3: we have just come from your son's house and so we are here to rescue you and bring you back to them
1: is that
0: him? Is that the old man?
4: That is the old man. We found him. Uh, We're going to get you out of here, but we need to act quickly, and you're going to need to trust us.
1: What? Uh, uh they, he, there's this look of surprise and concern on his face. Uh, ben sent you.
4: Hi. Right, um, a here is not the skill you may know. My friend is a skilled disguise artist. It's a simply a ruse to get us in here. Yes, we spoke to Ben. But we must move quickly. I will answer questions once we are out of this. Well, let's get out of here. Quickly. Right. Quickly. Let me see to those shackles. How long is it going to take me to do something like what I did with, uh, quarries?
1: Give me a Thieves' Tools.
4: measures have snuck me out of a crit. Uh... Another eleven sweet team.
1: Yeah, it, it takes you probably about minute, minute and a half. What are you talking what are you telling him while this is happening?
3: Friend Yovan, perhaps we put the old man in the armor, we put you in the cloak, and I will assume the form of the old man. That way even if they do catch us, we can buy some time.
2: Cass Yeah. I have been muted <laughs> and there's something that Cory wanted to do. Okay. Um, when we got to the door, Quarry would have let Faleth out of the bag and not said anything to anybody,
1: but rushed back to Jared's room. Faileth, are you gonna I'm assuming because Melian and Jovan are very much we're very much engaged with Trent and Old Man Marge, would you have run off with uh Kawari, or would you have stayed?
0: Ah stay here. She let me out. I don't want to go back in the bag. <laughs> Nice. And I'm the last person to say that she can't run off and do whatever the hell she wants. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Let's cover what you guys are talking about, and then we'll do quarry as, as Quarry is run off after to Jared's room.
4: All right, Marsh, do you feel comfortable that you could uh, wear this armor and get out of here at a decent speed? I realize I'm not have been treating you well.
1: They may not have been treating me well, but I have taken the time to rest and keep my body trained. Couldn't let this diminish my strength. How else will I make sure the hired hands do their work if I'm not out there with them? He pulls up one of his sleeves and he flexes. You can see that he is rather well-muscled.
0: That's nice, but what did they want you for, old guy?
1: Ooh... Keeping me out of the town meant that if the council wasn't convening, there wasn't another voice there. Something about sending letters, I think, to the Queen, about the death of the the magistrate, even though the magistrate most certainly is still alive, which likely would then be able to lure, say, the Queen out of Ogdenfell and then probably assassinate her. I think that was the overall intent, and they've also been attempting to do something with magic to me, but I've never understood an Adel... Adel? Adult Brains. Uh, Adult Brains is always... He keeps saying he keeps failing, whatever he's trying to do.
4: Right. well it seems you're up to speed. It is, in fact, what we can tell, some attempt at a insurrection against the nobility in order to cause bloodshed for some ritual that's occurring.
0: Or did we know that? Aye. I should pay more attention.
4: Aye. These manacles,
1: you're not able to leave them on. Like They're attached to a chain that goes to a wall, so you'll have to take these off him fully.
4: All right. Can they be, like, are they like built into the chain, or can I take them off the chain to escort him, presumably?
1: So, like, they're two individual chains that go to each leg.
2: And you need him unchained so he can get into the armory.
3: While they're uh, exchanging outfits, uh, Melian will go over and hack off the two loops that are essentially the manacle parts of his hand axe, and then just put them on and hold his hands crossed so that it looks like he's chained, and then make himself look like uh, Old Man Marsh.
1: So, to one thing to note, to put on plate mail, it's going to take you ten minutes. It will take you five minutes to take it off
4: fully. Uh, isn't that unassisted, or is that assisted?
1: If you have help, you can reduce the time by half, so you will take at most five minutes, but are you sure you want to take those five minutes?
2: I mean not put him in the armor?
4: Well, Million was going to assume his form. It's not going to be quite as effective if there's two of them. What was the reasoning for you taking on uh, the old man's form again?
3: Well, so that way, because the old man is who they're trying to keep, right? Mm. So essentially if they don't think the guy in armor is the old man, and the old man goes one way, and the everybody and everybody goes the other way. They'll probably be more concerned with old man Marsh than probably dude in you know than dude in armor.
2: Unless he be like a decoy.
4: Hmm. And we never got a good look at um, the leader of the bandits, so you can't assume his face. I cannot. I stand by it. Yeah, yeah. Well, I'm, I'm happy to take the three, four, five minutes it takes.
1: Well, you guys are swapping armor. And Melian is changing forms. We will handle Kawari running back to Jared's room.
2: Kawari looks quite anxious because they know that this is a stupid idea and foolhardy and they are probably going to get caught and killed, but at the same time, they also have evidence that there's necromancy involved and they need more information about what's going on so that they can stop it. So... They want to
1: go rifle through that desk. Okay. So you run into the room, and you're going to start rifling through the desk? Yep. Can you give me an investigation check? Oh, God. Come on, Corey, That's awful. Two. It's going to take you quite a bit of time. It doesn't take you that long to realize that one of the drawers doesn't go down as far as it should.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: But it takes you quite a while to figure out how to open it. Uh, to I get just... the false bottom off.
2: Can I just smash it?
1: It's when you eventually re- realize you could just smash it. I see. That you actually get into it. Okay. And you find a small locked box.
2: Can I break the lock off?
1: No, it's built into the chest.
2: Can I smash the box
1: open? This is a small enough one that you could carry it easily.
2: Yeah, but I don't know that I've found what I'm looking for. For all I know, this is where he keeps his favorite, I don't know, mementos of ladies' ribbons or something. How are you intending on smashing the lock off? Well, you said I couldn't smash the lock off. I am wondering if I can just smash the box. What's the box made out
1: of? Looks like wood and reinforced with metal.
2: Cool. I want to put it on the floor and strike it with my halberd. Okay. Give me
1: an attack. That is a nat 20. You do smash into the box. As you do, you smash clearly into what may have been a bottle of ink. Oh no. And you do see ink start to spread through what looks like some letters.
2: Can I use mending to stop it? To... I don't know how that... Hang on, I think I need to read
1: how mending works. Mending fixes a break or a tear. But you can grab some of the papers and pull them apart before they start, before some of the uh, ink gets onto them.
2: Sure, I will do that. I will
1: save as many of the pages as I can. Okay, so you scoop up a handful of them. You think you probably have maybe three or four that look like they're mostly legible. Uh, but the others appear to have been mostly damaged. You note that there is also a small cameo on a okay. necklace.
2: Not care about the cameo. I'll just take the. I will take all of the papers, but I will keep the inky ones separated from the ones that are not so inky, just in case somebody
1: magically knows how to fix it. Uh, you also note, as you're sort of as you peel the box apart, that. It looks like the lock was spring-loaded in some way. I have no idea what that means.
4: Likely that if it had been forced open, it would have spread ink over everything anyways. Oh, that's good to know.
2: Thank you. I feel marginally better about this. Um, Anyway, having obtained some papers, and I assume I don't find anything else. Any
1: other papers? No, you don't.
2: Then I will head back to my companions as quickly as I can.
1: For the sake of timing, that we will say that... Jovan, Melian, Faileth, Trent, and Zadok. You notice that Quarry is gone as you're putting the armor on. And are you guys going to wait for Quarry to come back, or are you going to start heading back?
4: What happened to Quarry? Faileth, did you see anything?
0: Yeah, she left. She let me out with a bag, and then she scarpered.
3: I mean, there's nowhere else for her to have gone, right? She only she only direct, There's not another door in this room that she could have gone
4: out. Uh, but where did she go after that? That's, oh, sorry, that was out of character. Oh, gotcha. I, I was asking just in case like she'd been, like, stolen away by the inky darkness that we are been chasing after or something.
1: Uh, no, there is no other door that goes out of this room.
4: Okay.
0: Nah, no, she just walked out. She let me out, and then she just left.
4: That's highly uncharacteristic. Right.
0: I suppose so, yeah.
3: Perhaps uh, the paladin had some other task she not holds of. We should begin to make our way out. Uh, we are prepared.
4: How close are we to being done at this point?
1: Uh, This is as you're probably tying the last bits of the armor onto Marsh.
4: All right. right. Let's make our way out. Um,
1: Perhaps. Yes! (laughs) Let's go! He pops the visor up and looks at you and goes, Do you have a sword?
4: Uh, I have a, a hand axe for you. And he'll pass it over, the one that Melian gave him. But it seems like uh, years ago, oh. but was like a week ago.
3: To Baronash for a short would you like a, a long
1: sword or, or a great sword? A long sword, my boy? Oh. Me? A long sword, you handsome well, devil. Here you are.
3: And Melian will hand over his long sword. And then he'll offer him the shield, because it's of no use for now, because he's got to use his great sword.
4: Uh, Melian, if perhaps we could keep you as a somebody of authority, while we come down the tower, you might be more oh. useful to us as the foreman than as the the man. For
3: well, now that you mention it, that's actually a pretty good plan. Uh, uh give me a minute. And Melian turns his back on all my marsh because you know this is like a private thing. And then he slowly, I guess, grows a foot and <laughs> broadens out somewhat. <laughs> And turns back around and meets the other guy.
1: Uh, and you guys start to head back towards the audience chamber. As you come out into the audience chamber, you can see there are people that are rounding that bonfire and that are starting to make their way across the stone bridge.
3: Vela, stand behind us.
1: Oh, fine. You see a tall but gaunt man with pale skin, garbed in robes of animal pelts, who seems to be leaning upon a gnarled staff of silver ash. And though his face is shadowed by a deep hood, you see two arrestingly blue eyes glaring out towards your party, beneath bushy black eyebrows reminiscent of roiling storm clouds.
0: I think that's him.
1: A long, wispy black beard grows from the base of his chin, tucked into his robes by a violet scarf knitted in a smocking stitch. And beside him stands a knight resplendent in burnished plate mail, polished to shine in the midday sun. Of the figure's face, only a thin slit in their helm reveals two piercing glacial blue eyes. But upon the breastplate of this figure is emblazoned a dove taking flight over a mountain. You can see three other uh, bandits, including Ascal.
3: That bodes well. Uh, Melian, who is very practiced at being caught in a shape he shouldn't be, immediately looks like shocked and uh and confused Uh, that's my face trying to remember what that guy's accent is
1: that's me no 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 you're me you see the uh man leaning against the uh staff he sort of leans over and says something to the man or figure standing there in armor and the figure removes his helmet, and you see long blonde hair framing a aristocratic face with lidded eyes of an arresting glacial blue.
3: I mean, I, I'm just picturing the prints from the Shrek movies, so I don't...
4: Okay. <laughs> um, <laughs> enough. I lean over to Faelith, and it's... Uh, I briefly, and as... With as much detail as I can, explain the book that uh, Jovan once held at auction, and ask, can you make it look like I'm holding it? Um,
0: do you my best? Uh, and I minor illusion the book as closely as I can to the description I've been given of it.
1: Can you give me a flat D20, Jovan, for your description of the book?
4: Hey, that's a 19
1: Can I now hey. get an arcana check From faileth Sure For Is she imagining it the same way as you 18 You are holding or at least f- What is projected above your hands A little bit Floating above your hands Is really clearly that book Or at least What looks like that book from a distance And as Faileth creates that projection you see the group slow, like they start moving across and they make their way to the front of the audience the man that is clearly Jared looks towards you and says you have quite gall to come into my camp
3: Sir Jared, Mr. Adelbaron, sir uh, I saw that man over there sneaking out the front door from this from this uh, up here and so I came to check it out Old oh, man Moss is gone!
1: Jared turns slightly to Adelbaran, and the druid nods in his direction. Jared steps slightly out of the way, and Adelbaran speaks. There are denizens of this forest that can change their form, he says with an arch smile. But just like the day falls to night, so is their true form revealed by the light of the Adelbaran raises his gnarled staff, a piece of opalescent feldspar clenched in his other hand alongside a few seeds as he weaves it through the air, intoning an incantation in an unknown tongue that seems familiar to you, Melian. As he does, the silvery light of the moon shimmers around his staff before a shaft of the purest moonlight materializes centered on Melian. You've been hit by the spell Moonbeam, a classic staple of the Druid that creates a pillar of moonlight. Please make a constitution saving throw, but with disadvantage, to resist losing your form. As a changeling, your ability to change forms at will makes you a shape-changer, which means you are immune to Polymorph, but in this case, susceptible to this particular Druid spell. If you fail this constitution saving throw, uh, you are instantly reverted to your original form and can't le- can't assume a different form until you leave the spell's light.
3: the <laughs> nine
1: You are unsuccessful as this as this moonlight begins to fall down, Addelbar 's voice echoes out to you. The moon reveals all things. You cannot hide amongst us. And can I please have everyone roll initiative? 15.
4: 17. 9. 14. I can't help but note that yet again, uh, Quarry is far away from the combat when it starts.
0: This does seem to be a
1: trend.
4: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it does. (laughs)
1: As the light of the moon begins to fall upon Melian, there's a deep burning sensation that he feels across his form. As this light, as this dim, ethereal light falls upon him, and these ghostly flames almost run up him, uh, he is going to take... He rolled very low. He's going to take seven radiant damage, and you watch as the features of Ascal that he has taken on begin to melt away from him. They begin to slowly melt into him as he becomes this faceless, eyeless, noseless, mouthless, earless creature. A figure that looks like perhaps they were made of wax that is clearly flesh. By the light of the moon, all things are revealed as they are, just as I thought. You see, Jared? They are tricksters. They have come to unseat you, to take this power from you. They will take everything from you. You must destroy them.
0: That's not why we're here.
1: They wish to stop your designs, to break everything that you have built. You cannot let them leave alive.
0: Okay, that one might be true.
4: Druid, you might not know the value of this book, but your master does. You'll instruct the bandit and his companions to leave us walk out of here, or burns
1: can you give me a persuasion check and faileth what is your spell save DC 15 thank you
4: plus one that's fine um okay so that's 13 I'm gonna go ahead and burn three trick points on this um, for an extra 3d4 that's two two four so, 21.
1: He pauses, leaning onto his staff and his eyes narrow to inspect it at a distance. Could that truly be the Codex Ciprionix? Does my king's luck shine down upon me? I had thought that Lady Coldthought had it locked away with Paradimos, guarded by her pain drinkers and child snatchers, Beneath Dweather Hollow. But you... You've delivered it straight to me.
4: Then you do know it. And you know its value. I repeat again. We walk or the book burns. I'm hoping that even... Like... The bluff that even that I know what the book looks like enough to possibly have made an illusion of it is Enough to... Maybe...
1: So, I'm really interested in seeing how you're about to play the next part, because you can't walk away from it. It can't move. It's fine. Jared takes a fighting stance and readies an action. Quarry, mm-hmm. as you've been coming up the tunnel, can you give me a perception check?
2: <laughs> sure, it's a seven.
1: You... Come stumbling up to the side of the room, and you can see these five individuals that are blocking the bridge. You see a individual in pelts that is leaning upon a staff, a knight that has taken his helmet off and has stepped a bit farther into the room three bandits including one that looks exactly like the foreman that Melian has been emulating. And you can see in your party there is someone in a plate mail. There is a sort of a beam of light that has fallen on this figure that has Melian's greatsword on his back that is looks mm, horrific. And he's wreathed in sort of an ethereal flame. Uh, And then there is Faelith and there is Jovan and Jovan is sort of holding his hands and he has this book in his hands.
2: Is is it like a triangle? Like in terms of where we're all situated? Yes. I think Kauri is going to Delay? Is that the proper 5e term? Okay. Until their companions give them the signal that they need them to move in. Okay. Because clearly Jovan has some kind of a scheme going on.
1: Million. then it is your turn.
3: Out of curiosity, why did the 15 go
1: before my 17? Oh, were you 17? I sure was. I totally, I'm sorry, I wrote you down as the 15.
2: Hmm. I was the 15.
1: Sorry. Sorry. I, mm-hmm. That That is my bad. I am reversing your orders. And it shouldn't change too much, aside from possibly the description of what you look like and what you're doing when Quarry stumbles in.
3: Melian still remembers where everyone is standing, and he's not good at anything other than fighting. So he draws his greatsword and runs towards the last place he saw anybody and starts swinging it
1: wildly.
4: Ah, that's awkward.
1: Can you give me a... Are you going to aim for Jared, who seemed to be the closest to you?
3: No, I don't want the guy in the plate on mail. I want the mage in the nothing, in the cloth. Because okay. uh, Melian doesn't know that there's a way to get out of the light, and I have no idea what the spell is.
1: You're going to charge towards Edelbaran. Give me an attack roll.
3: I assume with disadvantage?
1: Yes, but then I assume you're attacking recklessly, so it should cancel out.
3: I mean, I, I guess just descriptively, yes. In which case, that's a 21.
1: That will hit. 10 points. Slashing damage.
3: Do I accidentally move out of the light that would let me yes. now have some facial features so I'll, uh, I can see in here? <laughs> uh,
1: yes, you do. You definitely do. Why would you uh,
0: want to see in here?
3: Does, it does seem like a bad idea at this point. <laughs> but uh, and w- I don't take uh, Ascal's form because, of course, I know that they know that I... So I take Seth's form. Uh, no, you know what I do? I take fucking Jared's form, because I saw him before they stole my eyes. So, I take fucking Jared's form. I mean, I'm not wearing armor, but that's fine. Now I'm a very pretty man.
1: You take Jared's form as you strike into flesh, and in front of you is Edelbaran. He looks concerned.
3: In which case, I flash him the most ferocious grin possible on this very pretty face.
1: And with that, Quarry's turn as Quarry is coming out. Instead of seeing Melian in that state, you see a pretty man in plate mail. The same pretty man, but wearing much less clothing, attacking the druid and the three bandits. One including looking exactly like
4: Melian was looking previously. And they're currently on the bridge, right?
1: They are. They have stepped down from the bridge.
2: How far am I from the druid?
1: You are at least 45 feet from the druid.
2: Am I that far from everybody?
1: Nope. Uh, you are probably about 30 feet from the bandits.
2: Alright, I will brush up and attack the bandits then, because apparently that's what our group is doing. Or at least that's what Quari perceives as they come out. Because they didn't see Yovin's fancy negotiating.
4: And to be fair, Merlion didn't hear it either, so... <laughs> that's right. It was a good attempt.
2: It was great. I want to use Hunter's Mark. And I am going to attack the first bandit that I can encounter. And that, weirdly, is another nat 20. Does ink spill all over him too? No. I'm using my halberd. And the hunter's mark. Five slashing damage and three damage from the hunter's mark. Oh, but I had a nat 20, so I get to roll twice. Never mind. Plus another six slashing damage and another one damage from the hunter's mark.
1: Please describe how this poor, unfortunate bandit's life will end. Oops.
2: I think I come stumbling out of the tunnel, see Melian uh, attacking, and just rush forward, and, um, Halbert has a pointy end on the end, right? I'm just gonna stab him forward, even though it's slashing damage. Probably like right into the. Ooh, can I push him off the precipice? No, wait, that'll alert the bandits below. I super don't do that. I definitely don't do that. I just, uh, I just um, uh, slash him across the chest and he bleeds horribly.
4: To be fair, I was hoping to push somebody off of the precipice. Okay, <laughs> I'll
2: so be... wait until somebody else does it.
1: Since Jared is not surprised, he is going to go ahead and use one of his legendary actions at the end of your turn, Quarry. Jared is going to take a strike. He's going to turn, and with the f- flat of his greatsword, try to bring it down on Melian. Melian, can you give me a strength check? as you are just able to get your sword up in time to meet him. But it feels like he is trying to overpower and force you to the ground.
3: Uh, that's, so, a uh, d20 plus my strength modifier?
1: Yeah, a uh, contested strength check.
3: In which case it is a dirty 20.
1: You are able to hold, and he does not push you back. And But you see a grin flash onto his face as he notes you as... A worthy opponent.
3: Oh, just wait, buddy. Show sure you worthy opponent.
1: Faileth, it's your turn. Faileth
0: is going to look at him and say, "Oi, back off, my Melian!" And she's going to call on her ghost buddies.
1: Ghost gonna buddies.
0: Roll a d6. I got a six, which is the hero. I speak the tale of an epic hero I choose a creature I can see within 30 feet of me The target gains temporary hit points Equal to a roll of your bardic inspiration die Plus my bard level While it has these temporary hit points The target's walking speed Increases by 10 feet So Melian Mm. You get 6 temporary hit points and Thanks. ten extra speed. What sort of hero do I call up, O oh, Ghostmaster?
1: You call up the tale of a of a dwarven fighter who aided a powerful divination wizard and a cleric of the goddess Lyanna that a hundred and fifty years ago fought against a beast of ice and snow. And briefly, Melian, you feel yourself invigorated as the image of a now oversized dwarf superimposes over you briefly.
0: I am also going to look him dead in the eye and say, you smell like animal crap and my homemade robes are way better than yours! Uh, And he needs to make a wisdom saving throw because he's been mocked viciously.
1: He got a 19. Damn it. Now it is going to be the first bandit. Uh, the first bandit is going to see the blood spray up from his companion, and he's going to quickly spin to slice at Quari, drawing his scimitar. Quari does a 19.
2: Are they attacking from behind?
1: I think you're facing this bandit because you killed the one next to him.
2: Uh, that does hit.
1: Two slashing damage!
2: Ow! It's like
1: and the second bandit looks confused at why there's now suddenly two, um, Jared's, but is, and so is going to attack Quarry. Yes. And that is a 12, which will not hit.
3: Yes, attack the heavily armored paladin and not the way <laughs> less armored barbarian, who who is desperately hamstrung as he is.
1: Joven, it is your turn. As Jared tried to overpower Melian? Uh, and Melian sort of pushed him, pushed him off. Uh, he probably said, uh, "I haven't had a worthy fight in quite a while. I look forward to this." And the one of the bandits that was like, "There's two of them. Why are there now two of them?" And then it turned to attack Quarry.
4: <laughs> How far is the river from the precipice?
1: You need to go all the way down, and then the river is th- actually like th- there's a cave opening that you need to go through to go to the river.
4: So there's no chance of like throwing something down to the river.
1: No, but you could throw them down to the bandit camp below, possibly.
4: No, not quite. Really uh, neither
1: to Jared or the druid are standing near the edge. No, that's enough fine. to throw them out.
4: Um, are there fires below?
1: Uh, not that you can see
4: so Yvonne's going to try to do something a little bit tricky here, maybe just to divert their attention. Uh, first off, he's going to step forward into the illusion while lifting up the side of his vest and, and motion as though he was stuffing it into a pocket. And then um, he's going to move a little bit closer towards the edge and then pull out... What can I have that can set something on fire? Oh, he's going to pull out two things. Uh, one, he has a book of lore that I just have because I'm a scholar. Probably something that's deeply precious to him, but... Um... <laughs> we're gonna burn it here. And, uh, I guess he has... Uh, the lantern gonna be lit. The candle gonna be lit. And he's going to... No, that wouldn't actually provide any distraction. Okay, he's just gonna step forward, make it look like he's, um, scooping the book onto his vest, and then he's gonna draw uh, his hand crossbows. So you said that neither... Neither the bandit leader or the druid were near the edge. They're... 20 feet away 15 feet away how far away from the edge are they i was
1: just rechecking my notes here uh jared is a good 15 feet from the edge which then means that and he's on one side of melian so melian is about 10 feet from the edge and so that means that edelbarn is actually about five feet from the edge
4: oh that's gonna be easy um that makes things quite convenient Uh, Bonus action. I'm going to attempt to shove Edelbaran off the edge of the precipice. Um, So he's going to make a strength check versus...
2: I think a shove is versus... It's like athletics versus their athletics or their dexterity.
4: I'm using my... um, I'm not shoving him with... Physically. Uh, So 8 plus proficiency plus int modifier. Okay. Uh, 14.
1: And Edelbaran gets a 3. Edelbarn spectacularly failed And you shove him right off the edge With your telekinetic shove But Edelbarn is going to use a reaction As he falls out of sight And you do not hear him crash Into the ground below What do you do with the rest of your action?
4: Do either of the Have either of the bandits been wounded Or is it just the one that Kauri uh, killed? Just the
1: one Kawari took out
4: I'm going to take a shot at Jared then I doubt that's going to hit that's a 13. That does not hit. It
1: whizzes past him.
4: And that's my turn. Uh, do I need to make a sleight of hand check for trying to make it look as though I stuffed the book into my vest?
1: Sure, give me a sleight of hand check.
4: Uh, and that's going to be a 15.
1: Note it. As your bolt goes wild, uh, you see a great horned owl come flying up out from the precipice below. It lands on the bridge... And that's all he can do this turn.
4: I will happily accept uh, (laughs) just wasting the droid's turn.
3: He's doing flying wild shapes. He's at least level eight. We're so boned.
4: It's fine. Though I would perhaps say that we should focus on fighting through them, not, you know, killing them.
1: And with that, we are back to Jared's turn.
4: No, he moved his turn by
1: holding it until after...
4: Uh, no, he did a readied action. I think was the. No, no. His... So <laughs>
1: when when he went, he used his le- a legendary action. Ah, okay. He 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 readied an action. No one met his readied action, and so he I used gave I had him use one of his legendary actions. Uh, so now we are on his turn, uh, and he is going to make two attacks with his great sword against Million. Sir Jared rolls two elevens and misses both attacks. He is going to slash twice, but each of these k- slashes, uh, Melian meets with his blade. And it is your turn, Melian. Are you going to retaliate?
3: Uh, I mean, there's no longer a druid to murder with my greatsword. And this pawnsy asshole has apparently decided that we're nemesides. So, yeah, I murder his my greatsword. I don't tap. Uh, it. What does not do that is uh, pressing the greatsword button on my app. Uh, does a 19 hit him? Yes, it does. Well, let me let me roll my second uh, part of being having advantage, which was a one, so it's a good thing. <laughs> uh, and then that is nine points of slashing damage.
1: So you slice into him. It dents his armor in a spot. Uh, And he goes, well met. That would be a point in the tourney. And quarry, it is your turn.
2: Well, I think I will take on the next bandit, the one that attacked me. And that is going to be a 21 to hit. That will hit. Excellent. 7 slashing damage and 3 hunter's mark damage. I switched my hunter's mark to this bandit.
1: Okay. All in all, a total of 10 damage. This bandit looks like he has definitely seen f- much better days, uh, but he is still standing. He looks like he might break, though. Hmm. And with that, Failith, it is your turn.
0: Right. Who can I get into melee range of? Jared,
1: Ascal, or the unnamed bandit.
0: Okay. Um, Faileth. Uh, is noticing that this druid has turned into a creature, that Melian hasn't gone pretty hair yet, and then throws herself in the path of Jared, and grabs him and says, Melian! Melian, look! I'm in peril, Melian! Melian, I'm in peril! Uh, And then I'm gonna cast Inflict Wounds on Jared, as I kind of, like, wrap myself around his leg. (laughs) Look at all the peril, I'm gonna make it spell attack... Hell yeah! Ah. Alright. Uh, I'm in so much peril! I'm casting this at a second level. So that's going to be 8d10. Uh, so I do 43 necrotic <laughs> damage.
3: Yeah, you're in some real peril. Here. Help
0: me, Melian! <laughs> Help me from the terrible <laughs> bandit! I need pretty hair, Melian! I need pretty hair!
1: The... Darkness that races up Jared's side as Faileth wraps around he lets out this gasp and when he looks down at Faileth, you notice that the his eyes that you thought were just blue are now just glowing brightly blue. Uh-oh.
0: Ooh, were you the creepy eyeball guy?
1: He is going to use a legendary action to make an attack against Faelith. Uh Faelith does a 21 hit. <laughs> does. No, definitely
0: not. I'm so high powered. Yes, of course, it bloody hits me.
1: <laughs> For 13 slashing damage, as he basically just slices his blade down, uh, slashing it across your back.
3: That'll do it.
0: Oh. Well, yeah, I really need pretty hair now. He hurt me. Jerk! You'll regret that, glowy eye asshole. Are you the one keeping the ghost prisoner in there?
1: With that, it's going to be Askel's turn, uh, who is going to grab the back of the bandit that Quarry just attacked and is going to sort of, like, push him back a bit out of the way as he lunges for Quarry. It's a terrible plan. Quarry, does a 17 hit you? No. He misses you. Excellent. And that second bandit is going to start to, like, he's going to start pulling himself back and he's going to try and make a break for it. Quarry, are you going to make an attack of opportunity against this guy? Will you use your reaction to do that?
2: I will because I don't need him letting everybody else know to come up here. Oh, uh, but no, I wasn't prepared for
1: him to turn tail and run because that's only a nine. So as you uh, try to strike out, you see him stumble and he, but he just gets out of your way as he starts running towards the across, like, starts running across the bridge. Jovan, it is your turn.
4: There is a Go bandit
1: ahead. running across the bridge and there is an owl.
4: What's the bridge made out of? Stone. Does it have uh, guardrails on the other side?
1: Naturally formed rock. No guardrails, but the owl is smack dab in the middle, so he's ten feet from either side. The bandit, you can't just shove him off.
4: No, that's no sweat. That's no problem. Um, How close is the bandit to the owl?
1: Probably about ten feet.
4: Um, So, first thing, um, I'm going to run towards uh jared and i'm going to um is it a single action to sheath and draw a different weapon sheath a weapon and draw a different one
1: i think you can as part of your movement action sheath your weapon and part of the attack action is drawing it or like loading it
4: all right or oh wait no hand crossbow's one-handed net's one-handed i don't even need to sheath anything i'm going to draw a net and i'm going to um one arm right up at Jared, I'm going to toss the net at him. Does a 19 hit?
1: He is going to use his reaction to swipe. It. Oh no! Is this Amelia? This is this Amelia attack?
4: It is a ranged attack, but does it procs attack, attack of opportunity?
1: It is a, but it does it attack it procs a, an attack of opportunity.
4: No, because I have a crossbow master. Okay. Uh,
1: then no, he can't do what he was going to do with his reaction. Uh, so yes, that will hit.
4: Right. uh it doesn't do any damage, uh, but he is restrained, and so he can spend his action to make a DC 10 strength check to free him, but it'll cost him his action. And then as a bonus action, have we landed a hit on... Quarry landed a
1: substantial hit on the fleeing bandit, and Melian opened the combat, successfully wounding Adelbaran.
4: Do we have another exit out of here? Uh, he'll, he'll yell out to Quarry and Melian
1: there's the tunnel.
4: Tunnel it is. We have to go. Uh, he's going to use his bonus action to attempt to shove the now restrained um, Jared back a little bit, which is a DC 14 strength check. I don't think he's going to struggle with that, but...
3: I have a question. If uh, Fela is on his leg, <laughs> does that mean
4: she's in the net too now?
1: Yes.
0: Yeah, I'm totally, like, attached to him.
1: you.
4: Wait, I can get two for ones? If they're in the same spot. <laughs> <square?
1: laughs> That's going a dangerous with- precedent
4: <laughs> to set. That's a very dangerous precedent to set, because I can set people in the same square very easily.
1: Yeah, but then you're using up your entire action. And to it's restrain nec- two people? Yeah, but I'm going to say that if one of them uses their action to get out, they're both out, probably.
4: Oh, alright.
1: Like, there's the counterpoint to
4: it. Can I, in that case, have attempted to shove him before netting them? To separate the two?
1: I don't think you would have necessarily been able to even see Faileth though.
0: I'm clinging to his leg, so you'd have to, like, tell me to let go.
1: And I feel like you'd probably have just shoved the two of them. Like, All, right. All right, fair enough. Or it wouldn't have worked.
0: <laughs> you could tell me to let go.
1: Well, yeah, the... But in the heat of battle...
0: I mean, considering how this it's mere seconds between turns.
4: Yeah. All right, well, uh, I attempt to shove him. Uh, he can make a strength check. We'll mm-hmm. do what we can after that. Or actually, so you're under the under the understanding that they're both together, I'll just try to shove um Faelith instead. <laughs> if that's how we're I running this.
1: Yeah?
4: Yeah, alright, cool.
1: Push me So you're shoving him at his legs?
4: Yeah. Oh no, I'm shoving Faelith, and Faileth happens to be attached.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Push me. I feel like he probably should make a check, but at like disadvantage.
4: You're the GM. Do it how you yeah, like. Yeah,
1: <laughs> I, I, I'm gonna get, I'm gonna have him do a strength check at disadvantage to see if he gets shoved <laughs> with, or if it just like yanks his leg.
4: I Can mean, I if it separates the two him? of them, that's just a win. Like, uh, there's no.
1: Oh no, he he goes with Faileth. All right. So you've shoved Faileth and him back a bit.
0: My strength's plus zero, so you definitely want to attack me.
1: Yeah, with uh, the net on them.
4: So, um, just, uh, their, their speed becomes zero, they can't benefit from any bonus to their speed, attack rolls against a creature of advantage, and the creature's attack rolls have disadvantage, and the creature disadvantage on dexterity saving throws, until they spend the action to get rid of the net.
1: It's understandable. And that's my turn. With that, Edelbaran's form will begin to elongate as he transforms back into his humanoid form, His eyes are narrowed, and he sort of throws back his head and starts to laugh. And you find it strange. The sound is very distorted, as if it's. as if there's some kind of barrier in between. Bitch isn't even really here. And as he he laughs, and he stops, and he looks at you and says, My master is quite right. You are entertaining. But you are like mice, trapped in a cage. There is no way out for you. And I will have that book. And with that, he is going to use his bonus action. And he is going to reach up to his scarf and hurl it forward. And as he does, he says something that you don't quite catch. And the scarf transforms into a snake. And you hear simply the words, Help Jared. And a snake begins to slither towards the downed faileth and Jared.
0: Hello, snake!
1: And with that, it's Jared's turn. (laughs) And Jared is going to use his action to get rid of this net. Does a 16 break this net apart
4: yeah it's a dc 10 he's fine
1: yeah uh, so he's basically just going to bring his blade up and sort of like pull the net down and he just cuts through it
4: my reasoning is his action is probably more valuable than my action so i'm happy to play tradesies with him (laughs) so he has used his action
1: and i don't remember giving him a bonus action so now it is melian's turn
3: well as the bonus action uh, melian lifts up into the air uh and b- beams of light shoot from him in s- seemingly random directions as his form sort of as he he j- judders and shakes and you know hair comes streaming out of his out of his head and fur seems to form on him all over him as uh, his face turns into a more cat-like uh countenance and his um his his muscles grow and his arms get bulkier, uh, and they become tipped with these monstrous claw like hands uh, that are somehow beautiful simultaneous to their monstrosity. And then he drops back to the ground, roars unintelligibly, and then uh, charges Jared and murders him quite precipitously. Uh, I, cry, <laughs> I crit. <laughs> okay.
1: It's a bad day to be Jared.
3: So it's 22 points of slashing damage.
1: Jared looks like he has seen better days uh, and he is going to use a legendary action to uh, make an attack back on you. He is going to make an attack with his great sword. And for fuck's sakes, Jared. <laughs> <laughs> uh, he got another 11. What is with Jared and rolling 11s? <laughs>
4: It's, okay to be fair it's only against melian <laughs> he's not meant to hit me obviously this is where i need to check did you reckless attack or
3: so in this instance i didn't actually roll with advantage um okay. i just rolled once and got a crit and so had that not been a crit i likely would have attacked with this um re- attack recklessly but i i didn't actually roll two dice okay um and it is actually when you make your first attack, you can decide to attack recklessly, mm-hmm. recklessly, which lets you roll the second dice.
1: Yeah. Yeah. You're able to see what you roll first to see if you want to yep. attack Recklessly. So, there's so no. In this no instance, I did not it at attack all. Recklessly. Oh, I forgot he actually has that as a bonus action. I'll get him to, you to do that next turn. Enraged that you have landed your second blow on him.
3: We've only been fighting for two rounds.
1: <laughs> yeah, true. It's, it, it's when I look at his health, he just jumps so much. and I keep forgetting mm-hmm. that that's Faileth.
3: Yeah, yeah, it was it was Faileth who desperately needed to be saved yes. <laughs> who did those 43 points of damage.
1: I was in so
0: much peril. Well, I am kind of now because there's a snake coming for me. So. He
1: slices out at trying to counterattack you but is unsuccessful. And with that, it is Kawari's turn.
2: Do I remember correctly that I'm engaged with one bandit
1: and Askel? That one bandit has fled and is running across oh, the bridge.
2: Oh, right, I forgot about that.
1: But I am engaged with Askel, right? Yes, you are engaged with Ascal.
2: In that case, I am going to uh, attack Askel.
1: Mm-hmm. Also, it... your hunter's mark is running away from you.
2: Oh, for Pete's sake. I can switch it as a bonus action?
1: If the target drops to zero hit points before the spell ends, you can use a bonus action on a subsequent turn of yours to mark a new creature.
2: Right, okay. Um. In that case... How far away is he? Uh, he's probably about... 30 feet? I really have no ranged things, so... Oh, is that true? I could probably do a spell, but it would just be so much overkill. Never mind, doesn't matter. I'm going to attack Askel. Like I said at the beginning. Uh, And that is going to be a 23 to hit. For a total of 9 slashing damage.
1: So your halberd slices out and catches Ascal. He is not wearing plate mail like uh Jared, Sir Jared, but he is better armored than the other ban- most of the other bandits that you've seen. And with that, it is Fela's turn. What do you do, Fela?
0: Hey, I guess it's time to end this asshole Jared whose leg I am still on. So let's just hit him with another one of those inflict wounds, shall we? <laughs> Since I'm in melee range and all. And that, ooh, okay. That is uh, 25 to hit.
4: <laughs> Jesus Christ. Yes. Well, I have a plus
0: <laughs> I have no strength. I have no AC. I have absolutely no wisdom. But I can hit good with magic.
3: You have no business being in melee range of anything.
0: No, but when I am, I can do a lot of damage.
3: As it turns out.
0: Yep, but that—I mean—that's my my failest downfall is that I have uh, a lot of buff stuff when I'm far away, but the only time I can get my hits in is when I'm way up close, which I really should never be. So, all right, and that is another uh, another twenty damage.
1: <laughs> he is looking very very rough.
0: Damn it! Why won't you die?
1: <sighs> With Jared near death's door. Edelbarn preparing to intercede, a bandit fleeing to get reinforcements, and the bandit foreman Askel about to make his move. We will end tonight's session.
2: Thank you for listening to Roll With Adventure, where we bring you this story from our imagination to your ears. If you liked what you heard, please rate us on Apple Podcast and visit us at www.rollwithadventure.com. Our intro and outro music is Brave by Arcane Anthems. Thanks for the components of this episode's soundscapes. Go to zapsplat.com, Arcane Anthems, and Purple Planet Music. Full credits are in the episode description. We hope you've enjoyed listening. Bye!
3: A lot of hand injuries. In- what? A lot of hand injuries. Mm. And then I will sit it in rewind because obviously I'm very mm. smart.
2: And there's a lot of hand injuries. Most of them It's so hard to wash your hands with band-aids on your fingers. And during COVID, there's a lot of hand washing that goes on
3: plus with bells on her toes, it's
2: just a giant <laughs> but she will have music that.
0: wherever she goes
4: <laughs>
2: I have food in my mouth but I had to thank you Sasha
4: my Hi. name's oh. My name is...
2: oh it's not my turn yet sorry oh, I'll be do... quiet no, no, no it was definitely the <laughs> first, I'm so sorry <laughs> you
4: I'm don't have so to apologize it's all good oh, what if I can find my d20 that
2: I just rolled a few months ago
3: I've hidden it from you. Oh, there it is. You'll never it. Oh, okay.
2: <laughs> oh, it's caught. Castle you muted?
1: I may or may not have just either broken myself for a moment and paused and oh, entirely okay. blanked on what I was saying. <laughs> I dunno what that's Give like me one thing. moment this to take a
2: sip.
4: I think we might get hit with copyright infringement for that one.